About the 1994 adaptation of this literary classic, Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, Ladies, get out your hand-hemmed handkerchiefs for the loveliest little women ever on screen. About the 2019 adaptation, The Observer UK's Wendy Ide notes that 150-year-old literature never felt so alive. And in a listicle about which Hogwarts house each character would end up in, Jesse Atkin of ScreenRant.com says, Joe would be a Slytherin. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Little Women. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Greetings, Dan. Welcome to Ruined Childhoods. How's it going, Dan and everybody out there listening? On behalf of everybody listening, <laughs> it's a a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any way to tie things into the episode that we're doing today, but I, I don't think that there well, is. Well, if that neighborhood is Concord, Con- Massachusetts, yeah, I suppose so. And it's the and it's the middle of winter and the snow has fallen and it's picturesque, then it would be indeed a beautiful day in the neighborhood. No Mr. Rogers connection. It was just the phrase that came to mind. Gotcha. Fair enough. This is Ruined Childhoods. Uh, that's Dan. I'm John. We're brothers. We talk about movies a lot. And uh, we on this podcast- And you have to listen. And, well, I mean, they've chosen no, to listen. And on this episode, and chosen to listen. We, um, we're going to be talking about- Little Women, the classic, and how, and we're going to go. The, the movie, yeah. Well, yes, the movie. It's still a classic. Oh, yeah, no. We're not just going to be talking about any Little Women. Yeah. <laughs> specifically, well, specifically two of the Little Women adaptations. Yes. 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 And we're so, going to talk I, about the- There have been so many. Yeah, we're going to just like kind of- uh, talk a bit about our thoughts on these movies, as well as the the whole shtick of the show, which is how we would bring these back today as something brand new and fresh. And this is an interesting one because this had been done just, a, you know, three years ago. And, uh, you know, I, quite I don't know. Well. Yeah, quite well. Um, and so, it was very well received. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... So uh, I want to start off, Dan, by asking you, a high school language arts teacher, is uh, is Little Women in your uh, in your wheelhouse? Is it in your is it in your curriculum ever? No, Little Women is not in my curriculum. I do. I have had students that have read it, okay, as like an independent reading choice, okay, and they do tend to like it. Sure, famously written by Louisa May Alcott. Yes. And, and that's has, all I know about it. Yeah. Well, and I think, and and it's, you know, uh, based on her upbringing and it's mm-hmm. a fictionalized version of, of her childhood and her relationships with her sisters and how right. she came to become a writer. Um, and it's, yeah. And she, she wrote Little Women and she wrote, um, uh, there was Little Men. And Joe's Boys. Joe's Boys. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a whole, there, it was a franchise, really. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it was kind of a it was a whole thing. There was a whole universe. Uh, the Alcott universe, yeah. the Alcott literary universe existed. <laughs> the March, the Marchiverse. Yeah, I, don't... I don't know <laughs> because their last name is March, right? And, and that's why that we're is doing why this. It is our last episode in March because their last name is March, right? Yeah, uh, indeed it is. And uh, I, I think I'm just going to launch into a synopsis that I believe covers. Both the 1994, it's 1994, correct? Correct. The 94 and the 2019 versions. Um, so, yeah, d- I'm just going to launch into that, and then we'll just get I'd moving from there. I'd do anything to hear that synopsis right now. Okay. Four sisters from the respected but financially struggling March family navigate life from childhood into early adulthood, each pursuing their life calling while also navigating the question of needing for a man to propel them into success. Joe is the writer, Amy is the artist, Meg is the beauty, and Beth is the musician. But when Beth contracts scarlet fever, a shockwave is sent through the family, but gives Joe an even bigger push to become a successful writer. All the while, Joe becomes friends with the wealthy neighbor's grandson, Theodore Lawrence, a.k.a. Teddy, a.k.a. Lori, who falls deeply in love with her. But as time goes on and she declines his marriage proposal, he ends up marrying Amy after they reconnect in adulthood in Europe. But despite all of the odds being stacked against her, Joe is inspired to write a story about her family that changes the reality of the March family. So. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Uh, should we run down some some cast members? Yeah, do you want to do 94 and I'll do 2019? Or do you want to name a character and then we can each say... Oh yeah, yeah. Who did? Should we? Should we say who we who we think did it better? We'll get to that, or who we preferred. Oh, we'll get to. I that. I think so. Okay, so let's let's start with the matriarch of the March family, the affectionately known Marmy, right? Who is played by Susan Sarandon and Laura Dern. <laughs> hmm. And um, by the way, do, I I I don't know if did you did you look into why. It's Marmy. I read probably on Wikipedia or something that it was likely intended to be pronounced Mommy, but because of the dialect. Mommy. Yeah. Why? Did New you... England. Mommy. Yeah. That, mommy. that was what. So I, I got this from uh, New York Times. Uh, no. So it was basically that the, that Mommy was a new American pet name for mother. And it hadn't really been written out yet. There was no literary form of it. Yeah. And, you know, there was Ma and Pa, but no one had really written out Mommy. There was no formal spelling. But in New England, where they probably pronounced it Mommy. Yeah. Mommy. Uh, Alcott, I think, assumed that there was an R in there. Um, and I mean, this doesn't seem like it was a big mystery, but it seems like that's just kind of been a decision to, uh, to, to pronounce it as, as Marmy in all of the, uh, the many, many versions. I think it first, I think Catherine Hepburn was in the the first first one one. was, I think 33. There's a 33 of 49. I'm just going off the dome right now. And then there was think yeah. one, you know, they, they've just keep on doing them. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, so yeah, so 1994, we've got Susan Sarandon as Marmy and in, in 2019, Laura Dern as the eldest uh, March sister, Meg. Right. 
uh, is uh, Trini Alvarado, right, and Emma Watson. Uh huh. Uh, and as as Joe, we'll just go in in age sure. order, descending, descendingly, condescendingly. No, uh, as as Joe March, the narrator, the main, the proxy for Louisa May Alcott in 1994, we have the Academy Award nominated Winona Ryder and Saoirse Ronan. Um, I don't know, was she uh, nominated for anything for this one? I don't remember. I don't know if she was. We did have some acting nominees in that cast. Uh, right. Oh, you know what? Um, we'll get to we'll get to somebody who was yeah. nominated for best supporting well, actress very soon. So so okay. The um the, the oh, Saoirse Ronan uh, was uh nominated for best actress. She, yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. I th- she usually is. <laughs> she's very good. Uh, <laughs> she's very good. Enjoyed her work in Lady Bird. Wonderful. Um, so uh, anyway, so then you you have Beth, who in 1994 is played by, uh, in her screen debut, Claire Danes. Yeah, and then uh, Eliza Scanlon in the 2019. Ah, uh, yes, of course. And then as the youngest sister, Amy, as young Amy in 1994, right. we have Kirsten Kirsten Dunst having quite a year in 1994 Amazing. and again in 2022, yeah. Oscar nominated this year. Um, 1994 was her breakout in Little Women and Interview with the Vampire like at the same Amazing. time. Uh, and, and that, so she plays young Amy and then older Amy is played by Samantha Mathis. Right. And it's. Uh, Florence Pugh, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in uh, for the 2019 version. Uh, Dan, did you want to go through some more? There were uh, some... Well, I guess... Okay. Well, I know that we have to definitely do Laurie. Well, yeah, Laurie. So in 1994, it's Christian Bale. 2019, Timothy Chalamet. Of, of course. course. Uh, where one... Where Ronan goes, Chalamet follows. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, except for all the movies that he's done yeah, recently. kind of. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, she wasn't in Dune. She would be good in Dune. She would fit in Dune somehow. Who would fit in Dune? Maybe the new one. Oh, she was a Ronan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, and then as his grandfather, uh, Mr. Lawrence, it's John Neville uh, of, of The Adventures of Baron Right, Chasm, and it's uh, Chris Cooper. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and then I, well, you know, I want to, I, I, I want you to I talk about who, uh, Aunt March is. Oh, Aunt March. Yes. Aunt March in the 94 versus Mary Wicks from Sister yes, Act. Sister Mary Lazarus, the, the yeah. famous Sister Mary Lazarus and got any butter. <laughs> and that's Meryl Streep in, uh, the, the 2019. Um, I don't think that the 94, uh, patriarch of the March family is of any note, but Bob Odenkirk in 2019, uh, really, you know, stealing the scene when you first see him just because it's like Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah, I really. Uh, oh, you know, I thought I was looking at the 1994 one and I wasn't. Uh, but yeah, I was I was curious. I was looking. I think that in the 94 one, because he, he has doesn't he have the line like, oh, how I missed my little women. Uh, I I know that. He says that in the 2019. I don't remember if he says it in the 94. No, 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 no. In the 94, actually, I think it Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon yeah. has the titular, similar... the titular line. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I can't. I don't know. I can't. 
I can't find it anywhere uh, who played him, but he's really, he, yeah, it's, it's, he makes yeah, less, less of an impact. He's just wallpaper at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then, oh, also we, we have Gabriel Byrne in the right. 1994 version as uh, Friedrich Bayer, the German professor who and that's, uh, hooks up with yeah, Joe. Yeah, that's uh, Louis Garrel in the, uh, I'm sure I'm saying it, it's probably like Louis Garrel in the 2019 um it could be yeah and then i uh, oh who plays the tutor uh brooke mr brooke that in, uh, in 2019, 2019 is james norton james yeah. norton right it's eric stoltz in eric 94. stoltz that that was a little distracting it was a little distracting. Also, imagine seeing this movie when it came out in 1994, like weeks after Pulp Fiction comes right. out and there's Eric Stoltz as like the heroin dealer. Yeah, this came out uh, Christmas 1994. Solid Christmas movie. Solid Christmas yeah. movie. And great, like really family friendly. In fact, I had it on. Um, I had it on early this morning. Uh, and I, you know, my, my eight year old, almost eight year old daughter, Chloe walked in and, and it was like, she, or she caught the end of it the other day when I had it on and she really wanted to go back and and watch it. And that's what she's been like asking to to go back and watch, but it's not surprising. She's a big fan of the secret garden. Oh, okay. She really liked that. Similar vibe, similar vibe for sure. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating to, uh, have watched because I watched both versions and to see them back to back is a little jarring and it's interesting because I mean I feel like had I watched the ninety four version first I might have liked it more but it's hard to watch one when you're comparing it to the one that you know the more recent one where I feel like aligns more with my preferences when it goes to going to the movies. It's directed by Greta Gerwig, who's absolutely amazing. It has this incredible cast who I love in some of their greatest performances, which is a little difficult to say because you look at somebody like Florence Pugh and you're just like, well, Midsommar is kind of like her big thing, but you see her in this and you're just like, oh my God, she is amazing. She's really wonderful Some of the, in, in Little Women. I mean, the, like the yeah. way that she talks to Laurie when he starts to kind of like make advances on her when they're in Europe is just kind of like, oh, damn, like that feels really real. And what I really appreciate about the 2019 version is that they really feel like, you know, and I know they do this in the 94 also because I'm sure it's in the book, but like they use a lot of kind of slang, but it feels more natural the way that they're doing it in the 2019 because they're acting more like, I don't know, like the way that kids act and not the way that people act playing kids playing. Does that sound weird? right? <laughs> yes. No, I understand. I, 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 I didn't rewatch the 2019 version, uh, recently but i saw it in the theater and and it was actually something i i was thinking about it because i remember feeling like the 2019 version even though it was very you know it was historical it was historically set and yeah faithful and all that to the book setting it felt like the attitude behind it 
was modern, not in a way that got in the way of the, of the storytelling, not in a way that like Marie Ant- uh, Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Oh yeah. Um, which did, which, you know, anachronistically was, was very uh, contemporary at the time. I felt like it was, it, I felt like what Greta Gerwig's version did was take what was in the book. And it's clear because you could see it. It's this like the yeah. same in the 94 version. It's the same. I mean, like there's some things structurally that are different, but like, sure. it's the same story. It's the same scenes, yeah. the same things happen. But what I had remembered was that in Greta Gerwig's version, it felt more uh, like, it felt more like we are taking this and we are not changing it, but we are we are showing it to you through the lens of the, you know, a 20, you know, 20 teens. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and po- the, you know, and I know like it was it came out in 2019, so I'm sure it was, you know, being made, but you know, it's it also comes out as the the Me Too mo- movement builds and uh sure. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say it's like, yeah, of course. I mean, this is a story that is very much it was timely. Yeah. It was time in 2019. Sorry, that that's what I wanted to say is it felt it actually felt more timely in 2019 than I think it might have in 1994 where it kind of just plays as, Oh, here's this great old book that people love and no one has made a movie about it in a while. Well, and I think that, you know, to what you're saying, and of course we are acknowledging we are two men talking about this. uh, So we understand that we do not know what this experience is like. Uh, And having not, read the book. Sorry, I couldn't have done that in the past week. Um, I I don't know exactly how the book lays out this aspect of it, but in the 94 version, you know, it just plays linearly. There's no, you know, time jumping the way that the 29 version, 2019 version does, which I, um, I, I know that a lot of people had a hard time keeping track of which storyline was which, I did not have a problem with that at all. And the 2019 version also made more of a a big deal out of the relationship between Joe and the publisher, played by Tracy Letts, who, when Tracy right. Letts shows up, you know you're in for a treat. Love me some Tracy Letts. And Tracy yes. Letts as and, the and- publisher is just perfect. There's no publisher in in the '94 version. Uh, it's just it's just or, by letters. Barely, it's just barely. correspondences by yeah. letters. So what happens is uh, there's more going on between the two of them, more interplay between the two of them, and you see him encouraging her to make sure that at the end of the story she either dies or gets married, and it makes you question what's really happening to the character because she's writing herself with this one, uh, you know, this one suitor, uh, the, the Friedrich character essentially, uh, offering himself to her and, you know, just kind of like being showing that he is interested in being with her and her brushing him off. But then you kind of have this moment where it's like, Okay, now is what's about to happen 
the way that she's writing it to happen in this story or the way that it really happened for Joe in the in the reality of the movie because then she chases him and they become, you know, a hot little item. So like that's that's the fiction ending but but her brushing him off is the reality. Uh, yeah, it's it's almost just like or it's like she goes with him because it's the ending that the publisher would want. You know, it's like it's almost like the the book like being able to write this book is dictated by how the publisher kind of encourages her to write her stories. And I don't know. I mean, because this is a story. Uh, I, you know, we know that right. this is based on Louisa May Alcott's life, but it's still a story. And it's uh, it's what I, I just really appreciated how the 2019 version really made a moment to that. They also gave the publisher, Tracy Letts' character, more of a story. And there's this great moment. And Dan, I know you didn't rewatch this one. But uh, there's this great moment where he actually gets her book and he rejects it. Like she sends him the first like few chapters or whatever and he rejects it. And then uh, there's this scene where he's like at home with his family and he has this great uh, interchange between himself and his wife where she's like, oh, uh, you know, I told my mom that you're doing well. And he's like, "Uh, okay. And she's like, you didn't tell you don't tell your family that i'm doing and he's like eh, they don't ask like whatever like it's just like this fun like real life moment between these people and then their kids yeah. come in and they're just like what happens to the march family like blah 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 blah. so right. uh they're the ones that get him to can reconsider the book and publish it which is a really nice story and and I love it. In the ending, you see the first book like being made, and you see like the leather of the bi- the book binding and everything, and her getting it and like watching it being made, and it's really satisfying. Um, and you know, while we're talking about the difference between these the two versions, I also want to point out that the 2019 version, although yes, you said before they have all of the same beats, all of the same things happen. And I don't actually, I don't know what the running time difference is between the two. It didn't feel like the 2019 version was that much longer, but I feel like it gave a little bit more breathing room and it gave a little bit more context in between scenes. Like when, um, when Joe comes back from going to see the play and she finds out that, uh, oh my God, why am I, is it Amy? Amy, who uh, burns the book. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, in the 2019 version, you see her ripping out the pages and lighting them on fire. And then uh, you see Joe at the play. And then you see her, like, there's, and then the next day, you see them have a conversation about, you know, Lori inviting her to go ice skating on the lake. And in the 20, uh, sorry, in the 94 version, you don't see anything happen. It's like, oh, we're going to the, uh, the play, but we only have the four tickets. So sorry, Amy, you can't go. And then uh, it just goes like cut to Joe returning from the play and not. Yeah. yeah. And she, she, and she, and Amy's in bed and then there's the manuscript in the fire. Um, so there's a 20 minute runtime difference. It doesn't feel like it's 
yeah, it's not that much of a difference, and it no, really I, helps. I agree, and it really helps it feel more complete. Um, and I do think not having. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say not having read the book, I do get the impression though that Greta Gerwig took more liberties, and I I agree with you. I think they paid off. I think the choices. Uh, paid off, but go go ahead. You were saying. No, I was just gonna say that I don't want to make it seem like I didn't like the '94 version. I feel like it is exactly what a mid '90s family film feels like, and exactly, and it's like it's just fitting in with the rest of the movies that are coming out around then. And it's an iconic movie. Like that is a very well regarded movie. And oh yeah, it does have great performances. Winona Ryder is fantastic in it. You know, Kirsten Dunst is amazing in it. I did not like the older Amy. She was, it was just. It, it, oh, Samantha Mathis? Yeah, just very distracting because it's like, that's that's not Amy. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Florence Pugh right. definitely was able to characterize. I. It almost seemed like she was the second youngest, not the youngest youngest. It seemed like Beth was the youngest. Um yeah, I don't know if that really matters, but uh, the age when she ages up, like you can tell she's older. Well, and age is definitely a a thing in this because you've got Lori ends up with Amy, and there's a considerable, I mean, age difference between them. I mean, I don't know, maybe ten ten you years. You think so? It's hard. It's really hard to yeah. say, but they never say the ages, so it doesn't. You don't really know. I'm trying to. Well, think, if we're talking about age goes... differences, let's talk about Gabriel Byrne and well, Winona Ryder. Well, I, I was. <laughs> that's where I was going. I was starting small and then building up to Gabriel Byrne and Winona. Twenty-one Ryder. year age difference. Yeah, yeah, like that. that that's practically a another Winona yeah. Ryder. At that uh, yeah, point, very I mean, so. I don't know how old, but like, uh, she, she was must early have, 20s. actually she must have been in her mid mid twenties yeah. by then, right? She must have been, but still, still. Yeah. Um. Another thing that I did want to mention about the 2019 version, and it's amazing, it's only a 20 minute difference, huh? Because it yeah. gave like, I don't want to say equal attention, but it gave proper attention to each of the daughters in considerable ways. Okay, with Meg, you see her in her married life with the tutor, I for, Booth, whatever, I forget his name. Yeah. And Brooke. Brooke, that's what it was. I know Brooke. a guy named Brooks Booth. So I, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, it was on the mind. So anyway, uh, you see their life together. You see their financial struggles. You get a bigger, you get like a, a more vibrant picture of her life after moving out of their house growing up. And then with um, with Beth, you get an opportunity to see her and Mr. Lawrence forming this bond as she is welcomed into his home to play the piano that was that belonged to his daughter who had passed away. Which, man, talk about all of the like symbolism and meaning around Beth. I, oh yeah. I had started watching the 94 version again. And one of the very first things is, uh, I think when, when Marmy comes in and, and it's like, Beth, how's your cold? How's your cold? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also Beth rhymes with death. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
What's I, up, literary? I, I mean, literary arts guy, language arts teacher. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm totally like, look, I could dig in deep and and be like, well, Beth is derivative of Elizabeth yeah. and named for blah blah blah, but no, um, but just I was, oh man, Beth rhymes a death. That's weird, um, but it, it foreshadows it because first it's like, oh, she has a little cold, and then she gets sick from the German family, but then she gets better. Yeah. But then never really gets better. Right. It doesn't really get better. Yeah. That. And I, okay. I think that this is where some of the time difference comes in because in the 94 version, you really do see the Hummels, the the German family, where I think yeah. in the 2019, you don't actually see them. Do you, you don't see them? I don't them? really remember seeing them. I remember them going to bring them food at, anyway, but there's the moment where Claire Danes as Beth, you know, is being is like holding this baby who's like clearly very sick oh. and it's just like oh damn she is getting it oh you know she is that baby is just like it just germs yeah. Ger- i mean and i mean i'm not being derogatory towards germans no. i mean germs yes. uh, uh, uh but and claire wow. danes does an amazing yeah. job she's fantastic in it yeah uh, claire danes is a fantastic actress who I've always enjoyed her work. Yeah. Enjoyed my so-called life. She's enjoyed her great. in Romeo and Juliet and mm-hmm. Homeland. Homeland. Man. Homeland. Mm-hmm. It's Homeland. 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 And Homeland. Yeah. Hom- and so, you know, you do, going back to what I was saying about each character kind of getting their proper, like, moments. And, and I feel like I... Uh, you know, Chris Cooper's performance as Mr. Lawrence is so good because you really feel his connection to her because he sees his daughter who had passed in her. And there's nothing that's ever like weird about their relationship. He just truly like has this fondness for her and appreciates the way that she plays the piano and he gifts her this new piano. And it's just like really, really sweet. And it, it feels more abrupt in the 94 version when all of a sudden she is gifted a piano by him. And it's just like, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Who are you again? Yeah. The they guy do across develop the street. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They do. They, they do yeah. develop it a lot more yeah, yeah. in the 2019. And then, yeah, um, I'm remembering it all. And then with Amy, when they're in Europe, especially, and you see her in her like studio where she's, you know, going steady with this other guy fred and he it's like on the cusp of him asking her to marry him and then laurie comes in and he does this whole thing and he's um i i love i feel like uh timothy chalamet must have taken a lot of cues from christian bale's performance and like chalamet them up just a little bit uh because i feel like (laughs) uh, christian bale definitely had the like the youthful exuberance uh needed for this character who's just like the silver spoon kid who yeah kind of just doesn't give a shit about anything nothing really matters but you know i don't know and, and chalamet well he's raised among you know artists and right you know which m- musicians remind and- you of somebody else timothy chalamet perhaps <laughs> IRL. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, no, and and I, it's funny that you said that because I, 
I felt like appearance wise, it's interesting because I've never thought to myself, oh man, Christian Bale and Timothy Chalamet should totally play brothers, <laughs> but, uh, or, or father, son. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, when I'm, but when I, when I was watching it uh, and I saw Christian Bale, I was like, oh wow, he does look like the template for Timothy Chalamet's, whereas the rest of the movie, I didn't feel like, oh, this is what they're, they were going for. Right. It did feel like there was some closeness in that performance. I think I preferred the Timothy Chalamet take on on Laurie a, a bit. I think I did too, especially in, I mean, first of all, his chemistry with uh, Saoirse Ronan clearly well, is, you know, prove second it. to none. And, um, you know, Christian Bale and Winona Ryder, it, I don't know, there's, it's not just there as much. But in that first scene when they're at that, party and they meet each other and they're they they're kind of like silly dance like crazy dancing i mean i yeah. think that's one of those moments yeah. where it definitely feels more modernized in the 2019 version um but there's something about sear sharon and timothy chalamet doing it where it feels more genuine whereas the 94 one feels more acty do, do you think that's because as a contemporary audience member, you like it's almost like a shorthand that's there. Like, you know, because how many fi- was it just two films that they well, were they together? were in was Lady Bird or? together with Lady, you know, right, by Lady Bird Gerwig. and um, right. oh, why am I blanking? Were they in another one together? Oh my god, I'm completely blanking right now. Um oh. Sir Sharonin. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh it it feels like they they would have done at least like a, a trilogy together. Well, they were both in the French Dispatch, but not in the same storylines. Oh, were they both in were they both in the same Woody Allen movie? Oh, I don't know. Uh oh, no, never mind. I don't think she was in it. He was. Right. So they I mean, I I just know that they did Lady Bird together. Right. So so anyway, I mean, do you think that just kind of like having that like familiarity with them as a as a pair. Um, I don't know if it's that. I think that there's definitely and you're gonna have to remind me who directed the ninety-four Little Women, but Jillian Armstrong. Jillian Armstrong, right. And but I think that when you know with Greta Gerwig, there's definitely a more auteur quality behind what she does. And you know that as an actor herself she knows actors. And I think that, you know, because Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan had worked with her in the past, uh, there's a, a comfort and a trust there. And I imagine that this set was also just very collaborative. I I hmm. just get that feeling, uh, knowing what I know about Greta Gerwig's roots in like independent film and working with Noah Baumbach so much. And... I don't know. I just feel like there's more to the relationship that comes through on screen. 
And I feel like like Laura Dern is another one of those actors who, when Laura Dern signs on, she's in she's really invested and will put will will definitely be a collaborator. Yes. And especially in this setting. Like I'm sure I'm sure when she's on set for like the new Jurassic oh, World. Yeah. You know, she's just kind of like, uh, all right, where am I fixing my eyes when I'm screaming? Yeah. Uh, right. But something like, yeah, but I'm sure like on story, a set like Noah this. Noah Baumbach, you know, speaking right. of. And it feels like, it feels like this is really where she, she thrives. I, I mean, yeah, I'm just, you and, know, I'm and also big, long time Laura fan. Dern and Saoirse Ronan, what a perfect pairing for like a mother daughter situation. My goodness. Oh, yeah. They look so natural yeah. together. It's great. And I mean, the others as well, but like those two especially just were dynamite. So I think overall, the, the I mean, the 94, like you said, it's serviceable. It fits in right at that time with that. Let's make a pretty adaptation of this book right. and we'll get Oscar nominations for costumes yeah. and and things like, and it'll look really pretty, and families can go see it, and like elementary school and literature, and like middle school teachers can buy copies, yep. and and it's like it's it seems like a good Cliff's Notes version of the book, like a good serviceable kind of by the numbers yeah. adaptation, right? Yeah, but where where the twenty nineteen version. It, it seems to take it seems to stray a little bit from the formula and those risks pay off. And I also want to give the 2019 version credit for its beautiful cinematography. There is this one shot, oh, especially yeah. where I believe it's Joe and Beth and they're just kind of like uh, embracing each other while like sitting on like the sand and there's this this shot where like the wind is kind of blowing the sand towards them and they're kind of center framed in the camera and it's just like oh it's beautiful i i it's so funny i can picture yeah. the shot that you're yeah it's i uh, it was a real joy to watch the 2019 version again and um and really fun to watch the 94 version i you know i don't want to knock that one at all no, oh, no, no. But we haven't it's talked about Susan Sarandon. Fine. No, we have not talked about Susan Sarandon, really. I mean, we don't talk about Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Sarandon, I, it felt weird. And it, what's funny is like, when we were talking about doing this movie, you were just, the way that you said it was, oh, I'll watch the Susan Sarandon version. And it's like, it's interesting that for for you, it's that character and, and Susan Sarandon that is the way that you identify that movie. Whereas in for the 2019 version, I think of it as the Greta Gerwig um, Little Women or maybe the Saoirse Ronan Little Women. Uh, not the Laura Dern because those are not the main characters. It's, you know, it's not really about them so much. I think it's just Susan Sarandon is, I, I mean, and I, I don't think it's not necessarily about like who's the biggest star in the movie. Uh, and at that time, I would say it was still Susan Sarandon, even though Winona Ryder certainly. Uh, Winona Ryder was a, a lot of, rising star. I I mean, by then she had already been sure. done 
she had already done quite a bit by by ninety ninety four was the same year as uh like Reality Bites oh, was earlier. No, absolutely, that year. but yeah. she wasn't. At, Susan Sarandon was a star. Was a like yeah, I mean, bona fide for you know over you know for twenty years. Right. And yeah, so I just I connected with Susan Sarandon, even though I had never watched the movie like beginning to end, I'd caught bits and pieces of Uh it. And I think it was just it always it stuck out to me, I think, partially because it was Susan Sarandon, but also because of the name Marmee (laughs) and how they called her Marmee. And I remember like seeing it and not being sure, like, is she their mother? Is she like is it like on Webster when he said that he likes to call her ma'am because it sounds like mom? <laughs> uh the I forget Webster's uh uh, like foster mother in that whatever her I know the actress was Susan Clark, but what uh, her name was? It was it, yeah, it was it George was Ma'am Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. <laughs> Ma'am Papadopoulos. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like mom. Yeah. Uh anyway, I I like yeah, how we so knew that I it was Papadopoulos, that... but we can't remember her first name. <laughs> oh, a- absolutely. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and yes, yeah, she, Susan Clark, and Alex Karras were were married in real life. So, is that right? That so they all they had a Chalamet Ronan type. Uh, Karras. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, they had a, they had that type of thing. So so. Okay. Now it comes around. So what there's been, there's a Japanese animated series from the eighties based on little women. And it's not like, it's not like some like anime punk version of little women where like Joe has pink hair and like, wears you know, Daisy Dukes and has a pen that, that like, you know, can slice through metal. Not to generalize a, an excellent medium <laughs> like you know i'm not generalizing genre. an excellent medium but i'm just saying like from all of the anime that i've seen uh you know that is not that that's not out of place but this is an 80s animated version and it basically like it stretches out the story and i think it might even like go into adapting joe's boys uh-huh. uh but it's like you know filmation quality uh animation in that there's been you know the musicals stage adaptations and bbc and pbs and all all sorts of things so i'm i'm gonna ask you okay what 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 you usually i have you go first but i'm going first this time all right i know i'm flipping that no i like it so here's what i'm thinking for this one so this takes place it's civil war era in Massachusetts, you know, uh, a, I don't know if I'd call it like a city, but it's definitely a uh, a vibrant community. Well, it's it's, it's conquered. conquered, yeah, but like at the time, yeah. it's not like, you know, big, big, big city. It's, it's a, no, it's not Boston. No, but yeah. so uh, I'm just, just setting the scene here. You know, we've got, gotcha. yeah. Okay. And- you know, we're following these people who are, you know, the the father is a soldier fighting in the war, and 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 you know, you have these people. There's this wealth discrepancy, you know, amongst neighbors, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of social issues that you're seeing there. But what I think would be really neat to do with this world, 
And I'm not talking about specifically the March family, March Madness, just wanted to say those words right now, uh, would be to do a like a tabletop Dungeons and Dragons style game where it's all about, you know, Concord, Massachusetts in, you know, Civil War era and following some like varying different types of storylines and you choose your character you you roll the dice to find out where you stand you know economically uh what your profession is all these other things and uh yeah the look on your face dan you look mortified (laughs) i'm imagining the dungeon master sending them you must go on a quest to deliver Thanksgiving dinner to the scarlet-fever-infected German <laughs> family. To the Hummels. So, so, all right, I'm going to... Uh, well, but that's right. the thing. Oh, is no. It's also, it's not, it's not specifically Little Women, the game. It's, you know, it's this world. So it could include delivering, you know, your Thanksgiving or your Christmas morning breakfast or whatever it was to... Uh, to the, this unfortunate family. Um, but it could also just be like someone who lives two miles down the road and what their story is. We all got stories, Dan. That's what I've got. I wanted to, I wanted to stories. really stretch myself for this one because this is a like well-worn territory. As you said, what are you going to do? with? What it? are you going to do yeah. with it? Tabletop yeah. dungeons and style style dungeons and dragon style game. That's what I got. That is definitely out of the box thing. Yeah, right what now. do you have? Because you'd take that game right out of the box. Doesn't need a box. You just need some slices of paper, some twenty-sided dice, <laughs> some some slices of paper. Slice me up. When some I was paper. a when I was Give me a slice. okay. So when I was in like elementary school or junior high or something, somebody asked a teacher for a slice of paper, and it was like the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. I feel like I I don't I did not hear this story, but I've heard people ran. I wonder if that's a regionalism. I don't know. I wonder if that's something where where it's like if you live in one area, you call it a tissue, and in another place, you just call it a Kleenex, even if it's not. Kleenex well, I don't know right. if that's a regional thing. So, I think that's just like a. At, no, that's a region. It's a region. Really? It's a regional thing. In some places, you'd say give me a tissue. In other places, you'd say give me a Kleenex, even if it's not a right. Kleenex. Same thing with Coke. Like you'd right. just say, hey, well, I know you that. Know, give me a Coke. What kind of Coke do you Sprite. want? Sprite. Yeah. Um, Pepsi. Uh, so what would I do? Uh, I I did I, I, I was thinking more about the story, and I. I wanted to, I looked at what's been done with it and it feels like every retelling of this is very faithful even if it's mm. like Greta Gerwig's which takes some some liberties plot wise but it's always set in the same time and place and of course right. and you're thinking well you know it's civil war and we are not the only country that has had a civil war and even if you take that element of it, I think that you could do a a loose adaptation. I'd be interested to see a loose adaptation of Little Women set somewhere. Um, you know, maybe like a. I was thinking about the you know what what a book like Little Women meant at the time in terms of like women's rights and equality in the country. And I was like, well, what about what about a, like a Saudi Arabia set? Little Women. And I mean, maybe there's not a civil war, but like, I think there's enough 
Um, like there's enough where you could, you could make that parallel. I don't think it would take, I don't, I don't think it would be a huge stretch to, uh, you know, to still make the story work and the story of the father being at war, which I think is important because it speaks to the values of, of the family Mm -hmm. that the father is off fighting. And in the 19, Oh, actually I meant to ask you because in the 1994 version, I thought there was this really neat little poignant scene when they go to, it's like the, the coming out party and oh, or the debutante yeah. ball or whatever, and like one of the girls is they're basically like they're basically making fun and saying like why does your father care if they're slaves right. and like oh well because of this war we have to pay more for our dresses now yeah mm-hmm. and like really showing that even in the north there was an apathy towards slavery did the 2019 version include I know because the 2019 version all that you really see is she kind of goes in and she's wearing her just like regular dress and just the girl next to her is just like, you can borrow one of my dresses and I'm going to call you Daisy. And it's just very much just like they're there because they're prissy girls and she wants to be one of them. And then so Lori is shows up and ruins her name. So it's not so much a she's all that thing. Like, like in, in the 94 version, it's like, we're going to give you a makeover. Yeah. And no, it's not like that in the 2019. It's pretty much just like, you can, you can have my dress. Don't worry. I have another Cause one. they, in the 94, they involve, there's some of that like Northern apathy towards slavery where there's, they're, they're the ones who benefit from it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so and and that's an issue, and like Joe gets kind of pissed at Meg for playing along, right? Because she makes a comment about it, and Joe hears it, and Joe's like, "What the? F-? Yeah, <laughs> um, not exactly. Maybe in the new version. So, so that's I. That's my general idea is to bring this story to a a culture." And it, maybe you said it now, or maybe you said it at a different time. Maybe you said it in Afghanistan sure. during the Russian uh, occupation, sure, in the eighties. And you and you can still, I think you can still do so much of this story. Um, but it, I think it, I think there are other cultures that need this story, and I, I think also I think about. Uh, somewhat similar stories like um, uh, Persepolis, mm-hmm. the, um, the Marjan Satrapi, um, which uh, graphic novel sure. adapted into an excellent film. Um, but, you know, stories about women following, you know, pursuing their dreams, pursuing their passions, despite the the forces working against them. And I think that you could add, I think there's more, there's more to it because in, in the society of little women, this mid nineteenth, this nineteenth century uh, New England, like there's consequences for for you know women who don't act womenly, right? But it's mostly just like people give you a weird look, like how like how Marmy talks about how oh you know fainting fainting women are just a result of us uh, being kept inside, hunched over sewing machines, wearing corsets that are too uh-huh. tight, and and then Stoltz just like gives her a weird look, Stoltz. but. In, in, uh, he's just stultzing all over yeah. the place with that weird haircut of yep. his. Uh, he looks like a little, little Dutch boy from the paint can. Uh, anyway, there's, 
I think there's so much that could be that could be done that can be done with it and when you have these the real consequences of like women can get arrested for wearing certain types of clothing uh-huh. in you know in some societies so having putting the story of of these women in that context i think could be really powerful and uh could be you know could do a lot of good for those cultures sure. as little women did in in america yeah Definitely. I like it. You went a different cool. route than I did. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I went, uh, you know, I did not, my crea- my creativity did not expand that far to the uh, tabletop board game <laughs> version. And no, you know, I, I, I think I just felt like, hey, let's, why why is there not a, a like a little women adaptation in another culture and you know maybe there is maybe there's one that didn't pop up in my research sure. if you know of one email us ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com and let us know what your preferred little women is you might like the 1933 version better than both of these right. we don't know <laughs> we'd love to know yeah and also you know our social media stuff is all in our link tree which is in this episode's description In addition to, we're bringing this back, I think, for this next month, we're going to be having the links for what we're going to be talking about on our next episode. Dan, would you like to tell everybody what that's going to be? (laughs) For our very next episode? Our very next episode, yeah, we're we're taking a little turn here in April, and we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be focusing on cinematic music videos. And there is no better cinematic music video universe to start in than the Jim Steinman cinematic music (laughs) video universe. (laughs) And we will be, yes, we will be taking on Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, and Air Supplies, Making Love Out of Nothing at All, all Jim Steinman penned songs, all magnificently, wonderfully, theatrically over the top music videos that we can't right. to talk about. I am so excited. This is one that I pitched to Dan at one point, and it was kind of like a kind of like a head turn look up. I mean, like, huh? How how would that work? But I, I think it'd be. I think it's. We're gonna find. We're out. gonna find out. I think it's gonna be really fun. Uh, the links to those music videos will be in this episode's description. And yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm so excited because I just have yeah. to. I'm not gonna be able to hold back from singing. Oh uh, it, boy. Like, oh boy. Oh boy. I rarely can, but like it. <laughs> uh, <sighs> apologizing in advance and saying you're welcome as well. Yeah. Well, Dan, as you venture off to uh, to travel to Europe with Aunt March, ah, I wish you a good journey. As I as I march off. As you march off. Good journey.
chain. 